Hello and welcome to Calibre Audio's Book of the Month podcast. I'm Emma and I'm joined by my colleagues Joe. Hello. And Denise. Hi. So this month we're talking about Holding, a book by Graham Norton. The story is set in the small Irish community of Dunneen, where seemingly not a lot happens until they unearth some human bones on the new building site. It is then up to local policeman Sergeant PJ Collins to try and unpick the history of the villagers and uncover the secrets that refuse to lay buried, which is quite a task for him considering his days usually consist of hearing accusations of theft from people's blackberry bushes and eating meals provided by his housekeeper Mrs Mealy. So, we all know Graham Norton as an entertaining TV and radio presenter, but is he any good as an author? Well, that's what we're about to find out. So, first thoughts on the book. Was it a book that you got into straight away? Did it draw you in, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it, the, the writing style of it was very um, easy to digest. Um, and I think that Graham Norton laid out the characters um, or certainly at least the first ones that we that we meet um, easily enough for you to want to be able to follow on with the story. Um, the it, it, It's all very character driven so it was quite easy to get caught up in their lives quickly and, uh, and want to see what what would happen next. Yes I agree I think the characterizations were really good and you really especially two or three characters in particular. And, and I think my favourite was Mrs Meany, and she's PJ's housekeeper. And they've all got secrets, but without, you know, letting anything out of the bag. I think her story was very moving, and I really sort of empathised with her. But there were other characters as well where you really did care what was happening to them. I'm going to admit when I, I approach this with some trepidation, so this might be controversial, but um, I, I'm not a fan of um, celebrities writing books. So I'm always a bit cautious when I approach them. Um, and I have to say, I, I totally agree. I, I've, from the very first paragraph, it got me um, and I knew I was sort of into a bit of a winner. And I just, again, it was the characters. I think he, he rounds them so well that you can, they, they jump off at the page at you. So you can really envisage these characters and you can envisage um them and sort of you can see them almost going about their daily lives you know they're that kind of clear cut you, you, I think everyone knows a, a, a Mrs Meany almost don't they really know how she does um yeah it's really interesting that you should say that about being kind of anxious or, or trepidatious about about take you know reading a book by a by a celebrity who's so, but for some bizarre reason I didn't feel that with Graham Norton I think um having watched his his chat shows for so long and listened to him on Eurovision um he has such a great way of of spinning a narrative um and putting you at ease you know even when it's just introducing people or asking questions that I think I kind of um wasn't that apprehensive about about how he was going to translate that into people that he'd made up um uh, and I think his 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 particular type of charm and wit was very evident um almost immediately when you when you opened it so it was it was like falling into something that you're very familiar with that was one of the things I thought as well because um it, you, you very much you do I, I did I did forget actually that he had written the book as I was reading so that wasn't really apparent it, it, it sort of um, went to the sidelines 
but actually you're right because the, the humor in it is very much his isn't it so and that's one of the good things about it is that the humor um very i think it adds to the story and it's, it's just sort of it's quite subtly peppered all the way through but you're you're reading something that you think is a bit a bit sort of serious but actually then the humor comes in and it's something completely different so it's, it's got a bit of everything hasn't it that's what i had a problem with because looking at the blurb it's it says literally darkly comic touching and sad I couldn't get the comic at all. I must be a terribly serious person. But to me, it was all touching and sad with a bit of a mystery. So, yeah, I, I, I often don't find the comic bit when they talk about dark humour. I just go straight into the, you know, the sad stories that came out of all this. And there were several. Well, have you ever read any of um, Marion Keyes' books? Um, it was. It reminded me a lot of that, of the kind of Irish family dynamic, and um, and I think um, another question I have for for both of you is: is did you listen to the book or did you read it? I I read it. Yeah, I re- I read it as well. See, I I listened to it, so I listened to it with and and obviously Graham uh, Norton narrates the book as well, um, and I found that it was his delivery that adds a huge amount of the humour in, and and his um, his nods to what is obviously um, his past experience of living in Ireland and living in the smaller villages and and things like that. You know, the the the, the dark humour is is subtle in that way, but it, it was it was definitely evident for me. I think my delivery is obviously very humorless. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite interesting, isn't it? From, you know, the, the dynamics between sort of reading and, and listening to it and what that brings as well. Um, and you mentioned, Joe, there about the village life. So um, I was quite interested about that. And I don't know how you feel um, about it, but I, don't, I ne- you know, I've never lived in Ireland, so I don't know. But I do have an Irish sister-in-law and um, I visited her mum in Dublin over there. And her whole street, which is quite a big round street, is just exactly as he described. You know, their community is very much they're in and out of each other's doors and everyone knows one another. And so I was smiling at that because to me, so I don't know, but to me that it seemed like a very true representation of what what my sister-in-law described and also what I've sort of experienced firsthand too. I don't know, did, did you feel that, that it was sort of kind of, it felt true even if it was or not? Well, I, I can't I can't speak to Irish village life, but living in a very v- small village myself, it is like living in the Vicar of Dibley. And everybody does know everybody. And, you know, you've got Farmer Bob and you've got, you know, Stan, the, the you know, this and da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And uh, in fact, recently we just had my village pantomime and, um, you know, that those small villages, those small rural villages really do have a feel of, of, you know, you, you grow up in them and and you see the same people and it's, it's its own little community, even in somewhere that's relatively near a big town. Um, So I can't speak to the, the Irish element to it, but again, going back to Marion Keyes, the things that I've read in hers and she's, um, you know, very prominent Irish writer and, and, and takes a lot of humor from, from Irish family life. Um, So uh, yeah, the, 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 the knowing everyone's business definitely rang true with me. And moving on from the, from the characterizations, because I think we all enjoyed that part of it and, and learning about the different characters. I'm a massive fan of crime fiction. And although I wouldn't call this a typical crime novel, there is an element of possible crime in it with the discovery of the body. So I won't say what actually 
happened, but um, it was very nicely plotted and it did keep you guessing quite a while, but it was a, a, a sort of rounder, more characterful telling than you would normally get in a typical crime novel, but I, I thought the plotting was very good. Well, carrying on there with um, going from plot to sort of characters, which we've we've glossed on brief, brief briefly. Um, the there's, there's quite a lot of strong female characters in it, isn't in this one, um, and they feature quite strongly. Um, but all are very, very different, and they have very different coping mechanisms for um, it, what what sort of got buried in the past and what what secrets they're hiding. Really, um, I I don't know if you. Sort of, I mean, I there's there's some uh, uh, they're really different, aren't they? Because Brid Riordan, for example, I think she's finding solace in in her wine drinking, really, isn't she? So that's that's sort of where she's she, she's coping through, um, or or not as the case may be. Um, and uh, you've got the characters of um, the three sisters. The three sisters, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ab so Abigail. She's obviously very defensive and she's very um, protective of Evelyn, isn't she? So that's, uh, and you're sort of wondering why. Um, you've got Florence as a school teacher who seems very happy-go-lucky but has been brought back to the village for the purposes of, you know, keeping Evelyn happy almost. So she's almost sacrificing a, a, a more varied life for her. Um, and you've got sort of Evelyn who's just, hiding behind everything by um looking after her sisters really haven't you so it's uh, and obviously you know lovely mrs meany who who is um kind of an indomitable housekeeper and gossip but we see her change through the story as well as her story comes out um i know sort of um denise you said mrs meany was one of your favorite characters did you have a favorite character joe um strange enough my favorite character was actually pj um i really felt for him and um one of the things i i, I you know when denise and i were chatting beforehand about what we what we'd got from the book um it was just a really interesting choice of language that that graham norton used when describing pj um it was all very um uh, I can't think of a better word other than kind of revolting. And I don't mean that in a kind of, like, oh, he's revolting. I mean, in the idea of the, the, the emotion, the emotions that you, that, that you were kind of led to feel from the type of words that he used to describe PJ were, were used to revolt him, to make you not, 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 not like him, but, um, yeah, I, I just and 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 it, I, I don't know why that was done. I'm not sure whether or not that was because um, he Graham Norton wanted to paint a particular picture, or whether or not he was using it to make you feel even more sorry for PJ. Um, because there was certainly a lot of things in his backstory and the way that people treated him that already made him feel like the underdog. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm not I'm not sure how how you guys felt about about that. I think there were two messages, I suppose, that Graham Norton was trying to get across. First of all, there were his feelings of self-loathing, which mm -hmm. you got to hear about, and then the way other people talked about him as well was that they looked at him as a, a bit of a loser in some ways. So yes. I think there was two things working then, and I assume it was to, I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but I think it certainly garnered him some sympathy. 
Well, it reminded me a lot of um, the, the. There's a book called The Sculptress. I can't remember who the author is now, but um, but um, the, the 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 one of the main characters in it is is very very overweight overweight, and they used a lot of language like like that made her seem like she was melting wax, and um, it was all very descriptive. And I felt that there was a similar sort of way with PJ. I was much more aware of how PJ looked compared to a lot of the other characters, which I just thought was quite interesting. Yeah, that, that's true, actually, because I must admit all the descriptions that he used just made me feel very sorry for him because I mm. felt like not only due to, obviously, um, you know, his weight and he's very aware of that and he's got, you know, Mrs Meany's sort of force-feeding him food every day, you know, big fry-ups and things before he goes off to work, um, but also because I think you get an aware of it because he's always you know crammed into small spaces isn't he? he's trying to get in and out of the car and that sort of, so I just felt and I felt that was almost a metaphor for his life being he's trapped like that in, in his body and his but also he's trapped in the village isn't he because that's not really what he wants he wants to get out and do other things and you know that being a small village Bobby wasn't quite what he he sort of had yes. in mind, so yeah I think also um in terms of speaking about Brid Reardon she also has feelings of a lack of self-worth and she refers to her own physical body in negative terms. And also she recounts episodes where her mother basically told her she wasn't pretty enough to get her husband, but that having the farm would mm. help her get one, but it wouldn't be on her own merits, which, you know, she was living under this cloud and that's where a lot of her lack of self-worth was coming from so interestingly because of what happens at the end you know both of those characters had those feelings yes I think one of the characters as well that um is well he's a bit of an enigma really but it's sort of based on, on what the we, we've the, the, the kind of crime element of it is these bones are found and there's a rumour, is it or is it, isn't it? One of these char uh, the characters in the story called Tommy Burke who disappeared uh, a long time ago. So he actually obviously isn't in the book physically, but he's actually really quite a, a strong character, you know, mm. a strong uh, central character in it. Um, and I was just wondering sort of what you made of him and the way he kind of, because he, he has quite a, for someone that has disappeared 20 years ago, he's literally um, been present in these two ladies lives for that whole time and they, he's had them in a, their thrall even though he's no longer um in the village so I just wondered what you thought about about him really well I definitely thought he was um a, an enigma um even when you started to get bits and pieces of the past from from Brid and and from Evelyn and things like that they um you never really got a full sense of, of, of who he was. Um, all the interactions he had with them were quite closed and quite guarded. I agree. And I think, like you said, it's because we only hear about him through Brit and Evelyn and their thoughts about him. And so we don't really get to know because they're, they're, both of their opinions, if you like, are different you know, they're coming at it from a, a very different angle. So no, you don't really get a, a full picture of him. We don't really know. I mean, he... And from a very stylized angle as well. They're, they're, they're coming at it from him being a fairy tale. 
Yes. Um, and neither of them actually really know him. No. Um, they've just pinned what they want and what they're dreaming about onto this, you know, what I, I'm not even sure if we're told how attractive he is or, or anything like that. I um, think there was a mention at some point about he had sort of Spanish looks. So right. he was dark and, and quite handsome. Right. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting that that the um the the two Tommies, I mean, even with Evelyn, we don't even get an interaction between them, do we? Not as such. It's all really a bit failed. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, so, so for him to have such an impact on her, even for the amount of time they really, you know, had had sort of together is crazy not crazy, but it's just it, it just doesn't seem to merit the how how she's then sort of obsessed over him over that whole time really and I think going back to what you said earlier about the way how people cope with difficult feelings and with regards to the two main women Brid and Evelyn and also Mrs Meany and other people in the book the way they cope as well is by absolutely not talking about any of this they do not talk to other people it's all in their heads and bit by bit, the story comes out with a lot of prizing from PJ, but it's told in their own heads. That's how we hear most of the story. I think for me, what was really interesting is, is that the one person that you do see talk about their feelings and, and really start to work through them is Brid. And she becomes more and more likeable as the book goes on um and I think Evelyn becomes less and less likable or I'm not sure likable is the right term but perhaps just less and less rounded um I found the three sisters to be quite um two-dimensional um and and difficult to understand like particularly Florence who be becomes a, a a secondary character very very quickly um and, and their dynamic I feel like was never fully explored or, or, or rounded out but Brid with the with her marriage and 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 having to face difficult facts and and, and look at how she she wanted to live her life and how she'd been told what she was going to have and that was those sorts of things she she started to open up and talk and and that seemed to make everything really start to be better for her I think a large part of that is because the three sisters were living quite an unhealthy psychologically speaking life in that again to do with communication and they never talk about anything that's important and and this has caused a lot of problems which has come with them all the way down the years and you know has led to all sorts of terrible things mm -hmm. so I think that's the route to their portrayal yeah. yeah yeah so one of the big things from from the characters really um going on from that is that obviously it feels like there's a there's several themes that run through the book but one of them is predominantly about people's lives being wasted really um you know they've been held onto this village and they're you've got the, the two women who are sort of in the thrall of tommy and um, you've got Mrs. Meany who has her own secrets and is, is held held really in the village by that as well. Um, and nobody seems to move on. They don't seem to be, you know, progressing in any way. But do you think there's still, even taking all that into account, do you think there's still a sense of hope um, that comes out of the book after it? Is there things to look forward to? Do you think the characters are going to move on from this? Oh, definitely, because right at the end, 
you know, PJ moves on, Brid moves on. And there's a scene which has Brid, Evelyn and Mrs. Meany in it. And I think there was some good, in, there was some good interaction between Brid and Evelyn. Um, and Mrs. Meany has some closure as well. So there were the beginnings for some people, but more obvious positive things happening at the end for others. I think, yes, there was there was a sense of hope, but I think there was also a sense of that, like anything, if you bury secrets and you, you do, you know, you literally, quite literally bury secrets and also figuratively bury secrets, that eventually they all come to a head. But I've got a horrible feeling that Dunneen is just going to slip back into, into secret keeping until it all comes to a head in another 50 years. <laughs> would you, um, sometimes as you're reading, you can't help but read it as, as how it would view if, if it ever made sort of stage or screen. Um, and this was one of those, I think. So do you think it would transfer well to TV or radio or anything like that? Well, coincidentally, I found out a couple of days ago that it has been dramatised by the ITV. And I think it's a four-part series that will be aired in March. And it's got some big names in it. So, oh, it's directed by Kathy Burke, always a good oh. thing. Yeah. And we've got Siobhan McSweeney, who's from Derry Girls. She plays one of the nuns in Derry Girls. Uh, we've got Pauline McLynn. She plays Father Ted's housekeeper. Brenda Fricker is Mrs. Meany. So I'm really interested mm. to see that. Um, and interestingly, going back to what I said previously about it, the book being described as darkly comic, touching and sad, I get the idea that they're going towards the comedy because it is billed as a comedy drama. So I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I can see it being very comic to begin with and then building towards a bit more of the kind of dramatic and and certainly once they get into um to Mrs Meany's story and it, it it giving those actors a chance to to stretch their their acting muscles in different directions but yeah certainly I can see the first episode being being very Father Ted like so that's that's definitely one to watch out for then um yeah, definitely. so yeah. kind of last thoughts on the book really and um, one of the things that um I couldn't really suss out was was actually the title of the book holding and I was really trying to think because I as I and even when I finished it I thought for a long time about why is it called holding and the only thing I could really come up with was oh maybe it's just about um characters who are just holding on to their past and and that's all I could really glean from it but I didn't know did, did you guys sort of pick anything else up from that or was that well, I Googled it. I couldn't see anything because sometimes you will find something written about why a book was named in such a way. And even thinking about it, struggling to find an answer to that. But as you say, holding on to their feelings, holding on until something better happens. I don't know. It's <laughs> as good a description, you know, as good a guess as any. But yeah, as I said, I, I hadn't thought about it at all. The funny thing is, Joe, is that actually it's something I, I just pick up a book and read it. I never really actually pay, pay any attention to the title of it. But 
I don't know why. Again, weirdly, this one, I just sort of kept it. It was sort of I kept coming back to it thinking, why is it called Holding? Yeah, if I was reading a crime uh, drama or anything, it, it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> no. So it's weird how that one affected, yeah, or, or I just happened to notice it this one. Um, so, yeah, it was, but again, I think any, I mean, any title is open to interpretation anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the best I could come up with that, that one, really. So just in sort of um, finishing off then, is this a book that you think would appeal to all? Would you recommend it? Did you enjoy it to, to sort of pass it on, really? Um, yeah, I think so. I think if you're just looking for a, a kind of cosy, cosy read to sit down and, and get lost in for a couple of hours, um, I certainly really enjoyed Graham Norton's narration. Um, and I and I think it, it added to the experience um but i i don't i don't necessarily think that i'm rushing out and thrusting it into people's hands going oh my goodness you must read this it's changed my life but i certainly had an enjoyable time being in Dunneen and getting to know the characters yes i i like you i wouldn't rush out and insist people read it but if they're looking for something entertaining you can't call it light-hearted as such, but very easy to read. You get drawn into it and it's satisfying at the end. So, yeah, I, you know, I would recommend it to, to people if that's the sort of thing they're looking for. Yeah, me too. I think because it's got quite a few different strands in it as well. So it's not one thing or another, is it? There's sort of the small um, community politics and the, the study of a small sort of village and, and relationships in that. Um, but also it's I quite like the fact it's got the hint of like a, a crime drama in it because that mm. also keeps you reading. So there's there's a little bit I think there's a little bit of something for everyone, which is is what I liked about it. Um, so, yeah, I would give it a, a thumbs up. And um, I think it's just one of those books. I guess it's something that, you know, if you pick up um, and take on holiday with you, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Yes. And, yeah. 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 I think I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of Jo because she listened to it and now I wished I had. And that I had Graham Norton as the uh, narrator. He was very good at it. Very good. Um, his, uh, you know, his usual dry wit came through in spades. Well, luckily for our members, if they, if we've convinced them enough to um, to have a have a listen themselves, and we've got exactly that book available in Calibre, um, narrated by Graham Norton. So uh, that is there. And if, if we've inspired you, then please do borrow it. We've also got his two other books as well that he's written in. Um, so feel free if you if uh, you enjoy that, then do go on and, and listen to the others too. Um, but that was our book of the month for this month, which was Holding by Graham Norton. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast for the book of the month for February. Um, and we hope to see you next time for March's one. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you next month. <laughs>